What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome back to the Buffalo Happy Hour, Mike. What's up? Derek, we are with the boys of Crooked Lampost Brewing, and I am very excited for this interview. Yeah, absolutely. You guys want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, Jeff Husinger. Mike Egan. Mike Hanick. So when did you guys start this, what would you call it, a, a home brew, brew club? Yeah, it started out as uh, just a hobby. Uh, 2014, we decided, Jeff and I, uh, as neighbors decided to start brewing beer together um, and then from there it kind of took off a little bit as far as a home brewery and a homebrew club what was the first beer you ever made first beer we ever made was a uh, it was a coffee stout and uh, we dumped all 10 gallons of it <laughs> <laughs> it was just that bad <laughs> it was infected um we tried really, really hard to enjoy it. We tried really hard to make it something. Uh, this was before we were kegging beer, so we bottled 10 gallons of a coffee stout, uh, not having any idea what we were doing. Um, we were at a, uh, a friend's house brewing with a bunch of dudes, and uh, everybody kind of mixed in their stuff with our beer. And, yeah, uh, I think we had about three different, uh, three different extras that people had left over from their wart dumped into our beer that were like, this is going to be the best beer ever. Yeah, we just thought, you know, <laughs> the more the merrier. How yeah. could this not be great? Put your oatmeal, uh, put your coffee in, put your... Yeah, was... yeah so I remember we uh, filled a glass carboy with ten, two, two glass carboys with 10 gallons of beer, drove it home in our truck, and uh, I remember moving it around the house trying to find the best temperature spot. And I think it ended up in my daughter, my one-year-old daughter's closet uh, at the time. And uh, so it sat there for a while fermenting. Then we bottled it and waited a couple more weeks because bottling takes longer. So we waited and uh, tried it. And uh, we looked across the table at each other, really convinced that it was going to be a great beer. Mm -hmm. And tried to convince ourselves it was going to be a great beer. 
and it wasn't. It was awful. <laughs> it was god awful. It was undrinkable. Um, so yeah, we uh, our first ever beer we we dumped down the drain. So you guys were established <laughs> in 2014, and that was after your first beer that you dumped, or it was before. So the name was after. Okay, so you guys were established in 2014 with your name. So what were some of the events leading up to actually starting uh, the formalization of your brand? Uh, you want to take this one? Sure. Sure. So I actually uh, started back, Mike and I went to high school together, and separately, you know, we kept in touch a little bit, but we lost touch a little after, say, high school and college. Um, both of us moved into the same neighborhood where we are currently, just on two different streets, and ran into each other at Lowe's one day. Um, just said we should hang out. You know, we just moved into this neighborhood. Let's let's hang out. So we started hanging out again. I had a Mr. Beer kit that someone bought me as a housewarming gift. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I was making wine with with my uncle for a couple of years prior to that. Um, so I started the uh, Mr. Beer kit, made a, a pale ale, um, four or actually yeah four two liter bottles. Um, out of that, I brought it over to Mike's one day. We were watching football, um, NFL playoffs, right? It was right before Christmas, December 23rd. It's like, hey, I brought, made this homebrew. Let's bring it over your house. Let's give it a shot, right? So and you could say your, your side, Mike's like, homebrew? I, 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 how's it going to taste? Like, I don't even know what that's like. Yeah. So I poured it out of the, the two-liter 7-Up uh, bottle. And if you didn't see me pouring it <laughs> out of there, it looked like a real pale ale. It tasted like a pale ale. It was, it was a good beer. It's good, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we had some of that, um, and it, it started from there as, as a start. He got a, a homebrew kit, uh, more advanced homebrew kit from there for, for Christmas, and we started from there. We both really wanted to do more all-grain versus um, doing the extracts and things like that that the Mr. Beer kit was or that usually the starter kits are. So that's kind of where we started, and our first brew, as Mike mentioned earlier, was, was with all those guys um, back in, in January. So this was December, and then that turned into January. Yeah, sure. It was a couple weeks later. Um, so then, yeah, that same year we had a kind of hanging out and a little party, and we ended up getting a snowstorm here and two feet of two feet of snow. And Jeff, you know, went to leave to go home, and he couldn't see anything. It was blinding snow and two feet of snow on the back of his car. He backed out and ran over the lamppost at the end of the street. So uh, the next morning when I got up, I realized that I was short a lamppost in my yard. And uh, so that it didn't even start at that point. We, we, we replaced the lamppost and <clears throat> we kept brewing and kind of like having fun with it and just trying it. And just we really had no idea what we were doing. Um, so then, I don't know, maybe a year later, somewhere around there, uh, we decided yeah. to make a brewery. You know, it really wasn't a brewery, but we, we decided we needed a name. We needed something. We needed like a, a, a homebrew brand. There you go. Um, so my wife said, well, what, you know, what do you have in common? So we went through all these different things. And, and then Jeff came up with the idea of the lamppost. And uh, it's what brought us together, right? That's uh, what started it all was the, the crooked lamppost was actually falling down, but like, totally I tried to stick it back up in the snow, so it was crooked for... <laughs> should be totally <laughs> sheared off lamppost brewing company, but... Um, you replaced the lamppost really since then, though, right? Yeah, yeah, and the way I install yes. things, it's probably crooked. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where where it came from. Um, and it just it was a hobby that, you know, we started and just kind of fell in love with, you know? 
Um, it was fun. We met a lot of really cool, great people. Um, it just became something more than just kind of hanging out. You know? Yeah. So, so your Instagram is posts ranging from product trades to new equipment being used. What has the journey been like for you guys between R and D, networking, and branding? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, you didn't know Mike was going to bring the heat. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I take a, a water break? <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know it started out as like this is just cool. It's like a DIY. We're gonna figure it out. Kind of kind of go with it. Yeah, when we started started our cooking lamp post, we're like, now we need a logo. Now we need mm-hmm. something. So um, I guess I, I kind of took that on and was reaching out to some websites and what can we do? We we like some logos. We want to incorporate some hops in there and and some of those kind of things. And obviously the lamp post was going to be key. So we did one logo through a website. It, it looked okay, but it wasn't um, usable for, for printing on apparel and stuff. And mm-hmm. we wanted to have our brand, as, at least as we're brewing. Most people don't know who we were, didn't know who we were at the time. So how do we kind of get, get our name out there? So we started with some shirts and um, did that online. And we have some glassware, as you can see, the logo on the wall behind us. And um, now we have everything from Under Armour to, to shirts to sweatshirts and hats and glassware. So. That's awesome. So before we get too far down, Mike, how did you end up joining the the Crooked Lampos, and how did you get involved? Um, I got involved. All all of our kids go to the same daycare, um, yeah. but really, um, you know, they say your kids at some point start dictating your friends for you. So Mike's <laughs> daughter and my daughter were like little best friends, and they were always you know playing together. And it turns out our sons, you know, they're all about the same age. Um, they became friends, and we invited Mike and his family over for a kid's birthday party, and went to the store to buy supplies and get some beer for the party and I hear hey Mike and I turn around and there he is so we're chatting it up and we're talking about the beer that we like and what we get for the party and, and then um, we start talking some more and he's like well you know I like the homebrew I'm like I like the homebrew this is awesome <laughs> and then you know of course one of those I get home and I see my wife I'm like hey Mike seems really cool we're gonna <laughs> yeah. um, and then you know we just started hanging out more and they invited me over they did a big brew a bunch of guys um, in the garage here and I just hung out that night I didn't brew anything um, but I just hung out that night got to know him a little bit better and um, got to the point where they invited me in to be a part of the club. So is it just the three of you, or are there more than the three of you two? Uh, there's three more. Okay. Uh, we're, we are, we are. I would say a non-traditional homebrew club. <laughs> uh, most homebrew clubs are very, very. They they are very inclusive and very big. Uh, we've kind of just kept ourselves small by design. Um, we enjoy the camaraderie that we have and just kind of hanging with the people that we know. Um, there's tons of great brewers out there. There's tons of amazing people that get into this hobby. Uh, but we've just kind of stuck with ourselves, um, which is different. It's unusual. Um, and not to say that there's not tons of people out there we could bring in. There, there are. There's so many great brewers. But um, it's, it's just been kind of the six of us for, I don't know, the last three years maybe. Yeah, we've had a couple added on. Um, one of the guys going to be here just had uh, his second child, so he, he couldn't make it this week. And another guy lives out close to Fredonia, so he wasn't able to make it. And then the third member had something else going on, too, that he couldn't make it. So yeah. Also um, a new father. Yeah. But all of us are, are pretty close friends, either from, from work or through through each other. So um, it's a nice type, or even the, the neighborhood. So mm-hmm. one of the other guys is, is right around the corner from us. So. Yeah. So, so on the community feel, there's a website called Untapped. So Untapped is essentially, for those that don't know, a giant virtual community where you can rate different beers that you have 
specifically craft beers. And Untapped's co-founder and CTO Greg Avola fell in love with craft beer after his first experience with the distillery Rare Voss in Downstate. So he linked up with a guy named Tim Mather and founded the website Untapped. So what was the process on getting onto their website? Seeing your beers earning three and a half to four star ratings is probably a good feeling, I would imagine. Uh, so can you guys just touch on that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things that we just, again, like just let's go for it. You know, let's have a little fun with this. Um, it, this is, it's a hobby and we wanted to enjoy it. We wanted to make the best of it. So throwing some beers on there and seeing what they would do. It's just kind of something that was why not you know um and it was cool to be on there you know we're we're still brewing at home but you feel like you're part of the bigger you know community uh and it's it's a cool feeling it's a great feeling um to be in, involved with that in any way shape or form is just fantastic so mike's garage is our, is our home brew central right this is headquarters here as you can probably see from the video behind us and that's that's the location on, on tap when you check it in. It's Crooked Lamppost is, is Mike's Garage. So it's cool when that shows up as your location when you're checking that in on Untapped or even yeah. our beer names that we creatively come up with after you know drinking a couple of beers <laughs> and what kind of fun names can we come up with for ours. And you know some of it's obviously just our friends or neighbors that are rating them on there, but it's it's cool to see our, our beers up there with, with the rest of them too. So. Yeah. so how many beers do you think, if you had to guesstimate, how many have you made so far? Oof. Styles mm. or how many times have we brewed? Uh, how many styles? How many styles? That's a great question. I would say... And then kind of off that, do you have a uh, particular 15, brand 20, that you like 30, to keep I'd making? 30. Particular style. I'd say 30 to 40 styles. Okay. Um, but these guys are then, good. They make a bunch of different styles, um, and they're all good. Um, I, I don't make a ton of different beers. Um, I'm an IPA guy. I'm, I'm trying to like make a, make a solid recipe, and I'm just focusing on you know, repeating as much as I can. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, Mike, I mean, Mike and I brew together. Mike brews um, by himself, kind of solo for most of it, and the same with the other two guys. They're, they're more solo on their side, yeah. um, with the occasional everyone kind of comes yeah. and, and brews together. Um, but yeah, you'd say what about thirty different styles? There's some that we haven't we brewed once and never again. Yeah. Our, our core beers are probably the the New England. We do a the Schwarz beer, um, a nice Hefeweizen. Yeah. Cole Chantel now, that, that's pretty good beer. Yeah. We tried that today, so. Yeah, I think uh, 30 to 40 styles. How many brews have we made? Uh, you know, individual brew days, probably 200. Somewhere around there. Okay. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. So your go-to is the New England IPA, for the most part. Yeah. And then you're making this Kolsch now, which is fantastic. We've had it some, uh, a little bit today. And now you're adding raspberry into it, too. So... What is your process? What is your process of like adding flavors into it? Because you're not a traditional homebrew where you like flavors. You, you pride yourself more on the, the basics of the beer. Yeah. So what made you branch out into the, the raspberry flavors? Well, typically what we do is any ingredient you put in your beer, it, it, it's like cooking. It's like anything else. Any ingredient should be great. Yeah. Uh, it should be the best ingredient you can, you can get. So we typically add adjuncts, whether it be a syrup or some type of flavoring, uh, usually a kegging. Um, we can control every part of the process up until kegging, and then once, once we keg, then we, we add those flavors so that um, 
you you get what we want so we can control how much flavor of that adjunct you get because we add it at that time sure. um, if we brew with it it's not to say you can make phenomenal beer with you know adding adjuncts during the, the process but we like to do it at kegging so that we can either you know we'll start small and then we can increase and kind of challenge that flavor if we want to so when we brew, we do a, a 10 gallon bath so mike will take five and i'll take five so if we do want to experiment a little bit differently with flavors like the coals you mentioned I added a res raspberry extract to mine where, where Mike kept his more traditional or, or the traditional coach. Mm -hmm. So just a little something different if we want to try it. So, and even, uh, we'll probably get into this with competitions, but when we do that, that gives us, say, two beers to enter into a competition right. um, versus just, just the one. So hitting on the competition side, what competitions have you entered? Where have you placed in those competitions? And then are you anticipating getting more involved in competitions or just kind of keeping it either sporadic or on the low-key side of the spectrum? Yeah, I definitely want to get more involved in competitions. Um, I, my goal is to be a beer judge uh, at some point. Um, it's just challenging right now with three little kids at home. Um, it, it's a time commitment, but it's certainly something I'm interested in. It's certain, certainly something that uh, a lot of these home brewers have put a lot of time and effort into, uh, and I absolutely respect that from them because it, they're giving up a lot of time so I want to be able to contribute back to that um, as far as entering competitions for sure it, it's it's a great it's a great thing to do these guys that that judge your beers uh, you have you have Cicerones you have brewers you have judges uh, you get a lot of great feedback so that you can take that and make your beer better um, so as far as our club joining and entering competitions were we're very focused on that uh, it's something that we I think take pride in um, and we really really have enjoyed because it, it just there's a lot of great things that come with it and again it goes back to that sense of community you know you're you're entering something with a lot of like-minded people that um, want to do the same thing you're doing and you you get to you get immediate feedback you know it's great it's a fantastic it's a fantastic community to be involved in can you talk about the awards that you've won so far um yeah I mean, there's a ton of them up there so i don't know if we can go through all of them. yeah i um <laughs> we'll only talk about the first place ones <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean we've been we've been uh very fortunate you know we our first award was in 2016 we were I think, both surprised by it um we you know, brewing at first, like we talked about, it was just kind of this hobby that we just kind of did, you know, and then it slowly evolved into a passion. Uh, and with that, and a big, I should say a big part of that was because of the competition. Uh, when you get feedback that, hey, you're, you're really like, you're doing something pretty good here. It's like, okay, well, maybe I can do more of this. Um, so we were just, I don't know, we just, Jeff and I, I could speak for us and I know you could speak to this too because you're in the same boat. Uh, we just wanted more. Mike only wins gold medals, so yeah, Mike, his, his, his win <laughs> percentage is bronze and silver this yeah, year. We, we started with some bronze when we started, but Mike, <laughs> rightfully so, started with a gold medal. So you can tell him your side. Yeah, they they got me into um, uh, AWOG last year. Amber Waves of Grain 
my first competition and they said they were going to enter it and they were preparing for it and I, I had a porter that I had on tap and it's one of my favorite beers that I make I'm really proud of it um, and I said okay so I bottled it and put it in two different categories and um, in one of the categories uh, um, I think it was a American Dark Ale I ended up winning the gold medal which was awesome and I did not see it coming I just entered just I wanted the feedback I wanted some as objective feedback as I could get and then ultimately at the end of the night I got fourth place I got an honorable mention for best of show and that right there then we start making plans for you know the Erie County Fair AWOG next year and you yeah. know just once you get yeah. the taste of it you know it's, you, it's pretty cool yeah, a, lot, a lot of our competitions are local but we do some that are out of state um, and even we throw in a couple beers into national um, into nationals too so um, haven't fared as well as we have locally in, in nearby states but I mean that's a goal of ours right is to the place in nationals as well. So. Yeah, nas na national medals, bragging rights. Yeah, you know? sure. So that's uh, we we've kind of shied away from that because shipping is is a lot. Um, it's a lot to, to package and do, and then if you win, you have to rebrew that beer again, um, which is totally doable. Uh, but we've kind of shied away from that. It's a lot of it's timing too. Mm -hmm. Again, full time jobs, full time dads. Um, so brewing multiple beers for multiple competitions can be very challenging. Um, so like Jeff said earlier, it's sometimes it's about creativity. You can brew one beer but add something to it to enter it into multiple categories. Uh, and that can give you a better chance of winning. So. Good deal. That's super exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a blast. It really is. Yeah. It's a great time. So because you guys are a homebrew, how has the community support been for you guys? Are you the spot to come to, or do people just kind of wait for beer to be ready, or is it just a nonstop party? <laughs> because where I'm from, it would just be a nonstop party. Um, well, I'm old, and we've got kids. Party's got to so, stop at some point. So the party's going to stop pretty early. Um, but there, there are nights where, yeah, it's... it's uh, Again, it, 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 it beer is is community, man. It, it's it's just being able to hang together and, and and our neighborhood has a good group that's kind of similar to us in age and, and with kids and things like that. So a lot of them will come by and the setup that, that Mike has here, it's really just it's the neighborhood brewery for it's people where they hang out and where the beers are on tap. I mean, they don't know if they see us brewing, they'll stop in and they'll they'll chat with us for a while and have a, have a beer or two. And kids will run around. Or there's parties that we have here or. or I wouldn't be surprised when that was raining, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone was to show up there and during this to have a beer. So, right, it's a right. Friday night. It's going for a walk, and, and that's that's usually all it is. Mike's always out in the garage, so it's basically come in and, and have a beer. Yeah, and yeah you want, we want people to be here. Right. We want to we want to make the best beer we can and have just fun enjoying each other's company. Have you ever thought about selling, like going commercial with it and start bringing, getting your own building and starting to do it? On your own, or is that not a thought yet for you guys? Every day. Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talk about it all the time. You know, we, we dream. We we kind of go over plans and how we would do it. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly always a possibility. It's, really, it's the time commitment, you know, with the families and things like yep. that. That I mean, we'd love it. It's, We've done a few events, so kind of back to our homebrew club where beerology, so for those of you that don't know, Buffalo Science Museum, Pocata, beerology event every year. 
So we started volunteering through another homebrew club that we used to be part of, um, or that we're still part of, but that we used to belong to that um, was able to get their foot in the door first. And we volunteered to pour for breweries that couldn't make it, say from out of state. And just the feedback, you're giving people beer, they're happy, right? So here's a beer, they're a big smile on their face, great. So Mike was able to, to talk to the woman that runs it and say, we're, we're a homebrew club. Is there anything we can do as a homebrew club that we can be in, in virology? So we, we came up with an idea of brewing the exact same beer, but putting a different yeast in it. So we had four different beers brewed exactly the same way. The only thing that was different was the different yeast of each one. So it was an educational piece. Mm -hmm. The Beerology being the Science Museum, we want to teach people about beer and educate them. So how does yeast really affect the flavor of beer? Everything's exactly the same except for the yeast and it tasted like four different beers. Right. So we had our own table there. So that was really our first kind of public outing, I think is yeah. where it was. And, yeah. and you know, Mike was there with us too, so all of us, and we had a couple other guys quorum with us. And people came to our table. We had a great location, and like, who are you guys? We're uh, Eden, New York, I, I never heard of you guys. I'm like, we're a homebrew club. So what we're really just kind of educating the public. And the feedback we got was great. So our, our beers were out by, what, 8.30? They went going until 10 o'clock. Wow. So we, we out of our beers, and last year we, we had another table, and uh, if you guys, Want to talk about what we did last year? Yeah, we had a uh, Randall that we used. So basically, uh, when it came um, out of the tap or out of the keg, it would go through this device that we would add a uh, flavored agent to it, and then that would uh, would come out of the tap. So eventually, we had a, ultimately we had a schedule. It was four hours long. There's a VIP for the first hour, and then three hours for the public. That we were going to do a different flavoring agent each hour, and then so and hopefully people would come back and try the same same beer, but you know different flavor to it. Um, so we had the base on one side, and then the flavor on the other. Um, we started off with mango, mango, which was great, and then we switched to hops, which totally blew up in our face. The Randall clogged; we couldn't get the beer out. <laughs> and our last one we that we were going to do, now, right? So yeah. nothing went wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was totally wrong. cool. It was yeah. great. Oh no, I'll tell the truth. It, uh, <laughs> so then. The last thing that we were going to do was um, Swedish Fish. And everybody, people were literally setting alarms on their phone to come back at 9 o'clock. They really wanted to try the Swedish Fish. So when the hops didn't work out, we said, you know what, forget about it. We're just doing the Swedish Fish. We cleared it out real quick, threw it in there, and everybody loved it. We, we were like among all these commercial brewers, and we had easily the longest line that just never died down. Where Mike was pouring the Swedish Fish. Uh, at, uh, you know, on the tap, and we would fill up pictures of the base. We were going to the people in line and explaining what our process was, what we were doing here. Try this. When you get to the front of the line, it's going to be the same beer, but it's going to taste over here. So then they got to have one while they were waiting, and then when they got to the front, they got the one that they really wanted. Sure. Yeah. People were coming, other breweries, and like the professional breweries are coming up, what are you guys doing? You have the longest line at your house. Wow. And it was uh, 20, 30 people deep. We were back there, we were both. Yeah. We took one side, I took the other, and we were pouring beers mm -hmm. and telling about the process. and. Mike was back there, pulling as fast as he could and filling. Yeah. And it was it was great feedback. And it was cool because like people would come up with the remember you from last year. You guys did the yeasting last year, and like they I think they appreciate the fact that we put this, like on demonstration the science of brewing. Absolutely. Using, you know? So, so this, this year, unfortunately, was canceled because of the coronavirus. But we had uh, another plan too. So we were going to brew two different beers and pair them. I think we should keep yeah. that plan under wraps until okay, next year. Okay, we're next year. <laughs> We'll be back. So has there ever been, and I don't know the legalities behind it, but is there a possibility for you to basically sell your beer to a like a bar or something for them to sell it, or is that not something that not, can happen? Not at this okay. point. We would have to be uh, one of our beer as a brewery to do it. Okay. Yeah. So um, something like beerology, we're underneath the insurance of the side. Sure. So we, yeah, we can't make a profit off it. We can give it away. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. Beerology, we're, we're, we're giving it away. Yeah. 
That's cool. They let you do that though. At least get your name out there. It's, oh, it's, it's it a ton is, of fun. We are one of the amazing. Do you get people angry that they can't buy your stuff? Like you're disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I am disappointed this. that I can't yeah, buy your we, stuff. Uh, we did an event. Um, my wife's cousin owns a coffee shop in um, in uh, South Buffalo, um, Old First Ward area, <clears throat> and uh, we brewed a coffee stout there, and it went really fast. And people just kept coming up asking, asking just that, you know, where can we buy this, and where do I get it, and. The response was, well, you can hang out in the garage if you want. You know, we can't sell it to you. But come on over. So um, that went fast. It was it was, it was was great. It was a great experience. That's great. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had a lot of your stuff today. And it's just something that you have to try. So next time, you have, you're all on social media and everything, right? So you... Do you post on, what kind of beers Instagram. you have? Instagram yeah. only. Yeah. Do you post what kind of beers you you like are making or? Yeah, usually during a brew day, we'll post what's what's being made. Uh, I'm not the best social media guy, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, we usually try to post. Just there's stuff about the equipment too, so some of the process, right? So you're doing different stages of the brew process to go through, yeah. and different photos of that or videos. Yeah. Whether you're crushing grain or mashing in or those kind of things. Sure. Yeah. So, for you guys, outside of posting on social media with Instagram only, getting more into competitions and then trying to get your name out there as well, what what else would be the next step other than just kind of maintaining course? So, we do a lot of education, too, and some even internal competitions. So, the education piece we did, what, about two years ago, I think, we did a off-flavor tasting night. So... We purchased a kit, which are off flavors in beer. So when a beer is either infected or something's wrong with it, there's certain flavors that it gives off, gives off, and that's what the judges are looking for when they're scoring your beer. So we purchased a kit to purposely put those into a beer where we can learn and kind of better um, train our palates, if you will, to recognize those. So things that happen either during the brew or during fermentation or, or uh, during bottling and those kind of process that can affect your beer. And we went through and we were able to score and kind of, this is what oxidation tastes like and this is what um, this off flavor tastes like. And I think it's made us better brewers and maybe even increased our pillow. So we do, we don't just drink and brew, we, we do a little bit of education to kind of teach us something as we're going. Um, and then more recently, I don't know if you guys want to talk about this, we did uh, an internal kind of competition for, for one of our, our buddies that was having a baby. Yeah. yeah, his wife really wanted um, a New England. So what we decided to do is we all brewed. Uh, we made three different um, New England sessions, which was our goal. Um, we brought it up. We weren't allowed to drink them, at, you know, until the night of. But we brought them all over. Um, we mixed in three commercial New Englands, and um, we did a, a blind tasting and uh, taking notes, judging, giving it our own personal score, um, and then we talked about each beer's uh, beer by beer, what we thought about it, and then the answer was revealed to us. And uh, just things like that, little competitions for us to keep it fun. One time we did a food pairing. That's right. when I, yeah, that's when I first got involved. Yep. Uh, we did a food pairing where um, everybody took a different um, course of the meal, uh, had a beer that they made, and then paired it with whatever they wanted. Um, so, so who ended up winning the beer competition? <laughs> a a lot of silence brew, here. But I think they cheated. <laughs> they, they knew it was coming. Well, no, unfortunately, the commercial beer won. Yeah. Um, and then Mike, Mike and I, brew came in second, and Mike's came in third. And then two of the commercial beers. Um, it was just a fun competition because yeah. you, you didn't know whose beer was what, so everyone was objectively scoring these beers right. and even critical of, of their own beer. If 
if that was the case. So it was a score on a, a scale of one to ten, where we had to pick either the home brew or a commercial brew, and if it was a home brew, who was the home brewer? So Mike's wife, who is, is not pitcher, pitchered off camera, if you will, she was <laughs> the one graciously poured for us and did not tell us anything. So each one of us brought a commercial beer or more than one representation, put them all in the house, and we didn't know which one she chose. So they came out. And it was, they were all New England style, and it was objective. It was it was a fun competition yep. just to not know whose was what, and um, just kind of guess judge your beer against a commercial representation that people are paying money for and buying. So, so when you when you look at a New England IPA, how is there a reference to go off of like the percentages or any type of like recipe that you have to mirror in order to consider it a New England IPA, or is it whatever you feel like it? It's always a hazy kind of, this is a New England that I have here, this is um, actually the one from the competition. Um, it's going to be a, a hazy kind of tone with some flaked oats or flaked meats that give it that kind of hazy tone there. And then there's, there's hops, there's a lot of dry hopping that comes involved that happens during fermentation or in, in the keg. Very, very um, little hops during the boil. Yeah, it gives a lot of aroma. It's more that aroma versus that. And it's, it's usually it tends to be a little sweeter, a little smoother versus a West Coast idea that's a little bit more bite to it. Um, and it'll be a little bit cleaner, um, or a little bit clearer, I should say, on that side from the West Coast versus the Philly. It's also a water chemistry beer. We adjust the water so that when it kind of rolls over your palate, it's smooth. Uh, it doesn't have a bite um, because of the salts that are put in during the boil. Uh, it just gives it a different sensation on your palate. Um, so it makes it a smoother beer. Yeah, talking about water, you do a very unique process by reverse osmosing your water, right? You want to talk about that? What made you do that process and how that differentiates from other breweries? Yeah, um, it's easy to do on a homebrew scale. Okay. You can buy a reverse osmosis kit for 150 bucks and get great results from it. Um, large breweries, it's going to cost a lot more. Sure. Um, so it's real easy to do. We, have, we As homebrewers, we have a lot of flexibility uh, that sometimes big breweries or even craft breweries don't have. So yeah, every, every beer we brew is, is a, a reverse osmosis. Um, the, the, the water starts as reverse osmosis. And ultimately what that does is it, it strips the water down so that we can build it back up. Mm -hmm. We can build any water profile. So different beers have different water profiles. So we try to adjust our water to fit those beers so that it fits the style. Um, Give or match the pH, whether it's salt or things like that that we add just to, to change to the, to the chemistry of that beer. So how long did it take you to figure out your own levels of different things was it like a two to three year time frame or was it a little bit longer to really dial it in and be like all right this is similar to your new england where it's this is like our flagship we have this thing it's bulletproof how long does it take to get to that process or, uh, or that point rather that's a great question because <clears throat> as home brewers you don't brew a beer every day you know sure um again being dads and you know things like that sometimes we brew once a month Sometimes we brew once a week. Um, so you might brew a beer, our, our Schwarz beer, for example. <laughs> and the last time we brewed that beer was September of 2019. So we'll brew it again in September of 2020. And every time we brew it, we make an adjustment. Uh, certain beers, uh, the New Englands, we always adjust them to try to tweak them to make them better. Uh, it could be grain, it could be water adjustments, it could be hops, it could be all the above. Um, so it it depends, I guess, to answer your question. The, the system is, I think, 
for the most part dialed in. Our our hot side is is dialed in. Uh, we're I think pretty much there on our cold side for fermentation, but recipes usually adjust. Um, so I think as a home brewer, being able to go back and wow. <laughs> so, so for our listeners, we're having a pretty intense rainstorm outside, and lightning just hit. Now thunder. Cheers to being back in Eden. <laughs> Out here on the rolling hills. Safe in the brewery, don't worry. We got plenty of beer. If stuff yeah, we're, we're grounded. We got lots of uh, GFIs in here. Um, so yeah, I think home, home brewing traditionally has been a little bit more difficult to kind of nail a recipe repeatedly. Yeah. Um, so with the advent of electric brewing, I think it's gotten easier because you can hold temperatures, you can kind of repeat a process much easier than you could over an open flame or a propane tank, um, <coughs> propane burner, I should say. Um, so how's your note-taking process during the whole thing? So you're saying it takes 8 to 10 hours to get a brew day in. Mm-hmm. So is it one of those things where family stay inside, no one talk to me, <laughs> let, let me go to work real quick, and then I'll see you for dinner, and then I'm going to start at like 4 in the morning? Uh, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yes. Uh, I, when competitions come around, it gets a little bit more serious because we really want to dial in, and that seems to be when usually the most mistakes happen. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things, again, being electric, you can kind of walk away from some of it and know that it's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of attention that needs to be devoted devoted to what you're doing. It's really easy to make a mistake. and at least in my experience, our experience, you can make a mistake anywhere along the way. And it can have an impact or maybe not. Yeah. Sometimes you make a mistake and it turns out it's a great beer. There's been great beers that we've made mistakes on. <laughs> uh, one of the Schwarz Mike mentioned before, but before we got into the electric system, there was extra salts. He didn't realize he already added the salts and added another round of salts to it. That beer won medals. It was a wow. Yeah. Was, and we were ready. Oh, I've got to get rid of it. I'm like, no, we let's almost keep dumped it. it. We almost dumped the whole we thing. We dumped in the it beer. halfway through the, the brew, yeah. and we kept it going, and it was, it was a great beer. Yeah. So I mean, there's mistakes, or there's you try to be spot on with the recipe, or follow it to a T, and there's just maybe you didn't hit this pH, or you didn't hit this temperature, or whatever the case is, and it turns out, and it, it's a good beer. Um, so I, I mean, we always make little tweaks. There might be something that I want more hop aroma to this one, or I want it to be more citrusy. So we make little tweaks to our beers just to. Either for personal preference or based on judges' um, feedback, we'll do that as well. So, mm-hmm. now you have a process before that too in your basement, right? Where you're actually, what are you chopping grains or? Yeah, so you take there's chopping? a grain, chopping there's a grain milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just down there with a machete, just cutting it all down. Put some flannel on. My paper towels and my flannel. And, yeah. Um, yeah, Ronnie, man, you should have wore some flannel. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. The Except amount of incidents years. that would have occurred by now is something we probably <laughs> should not talk about. Yeah, yeah. 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 missing um, fingers. Yeah, no, we, we mill our own grains. Uh, mill, grain. that's the word I was thinking of. Mill, chop, <laughs> chop. <It's all> good. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Uh, we mill our own grains in the basement. We keep them in the basement because temperatures fluctuate out here. So. Um, with Jeff and I brewing together, brewing in double batches, we buy most most of our base grains in bulk, which is great because it saves us a lot of money. Um, it's easier to have more, mm-hmm. and we store them. You know, we we try to keep all of the grains and most of our process um, as oxygen free as possible. 
uh, to keep things fresh. Are you guys able to say where you get some of your stuff from? Like, is it all within the state, or is it from oh, yeah. you're waiting yeah, for a semi to back into your driveway? Or no, does that work? no, we're not at that level yet. <laughs> uh, if I have it my way, we will be. Maybe. We chopped out all of our grains. Yeah, there you chop them all down. <laughs> There's a farm in our backyard. Yeah. In the hills of North Boston. That's you right. See that's Mike. right. You have a hop farm and a, and a grain yard. Um, no, we, uh, we Niagara Traditions uh, is a homebrew shop in North Taiwan, and they are consistently fantastic yeah. um, they are always fresh everything they have is top-notch there's there's nothing you can say or if they bad. don't have it in stock they'll get it for they get it they're, they're just unbelievable they really are so on in that regard who else have you used locally for different things regarding your brand like have you used local businesses for your apparel have you yep. used you know outside of your your ingredients I guess you would say yeah nickel nickel city designs does our shirts um, okay. and Double Eagle did some of ours too. Um, some of the embroidery for some of our shirts too. Yeah, they're they're just they're great. I mean, they like we can order three shirts and they customize them however we want. Right. You know, again, can't say anything. They're just fantastic. Just fantastic. So. Yeah. Do you have shirts available right now for people if they're they're listening to this and they wanted to purchase to help support? Do you have shirts available that you can ship out? No, we just we've kind of kept it in our club. But nice. We could certainly do that if people wanted some. You know, we we usually have them made and ship them to friends and family and things like that but um if people wanted some find us on instagram and we'll, we'll get them out so what is your instagram handle so people can follow uh, you guys we're at crooked brews at crooked brews yeah good deal yeah. i mean if you get a semi coming in for different ingredients you might want to move your lamppost yeah well, even though it's already crooked as long as jeff's not driving we're fine hey i'm not driving the semi so. yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you guys would like to, to point out about your company or anything along those lines that maybe we didn't we didn't touch on? Because this is really we, we want you guys to continue to to advocate for your brand because you guys make incredible products. And yeah, I think one thing that you know we've talked about kind of doing is just getting more involved in the Buffalo beer community. Um, a little more thunder there. Maybe that's a maybe that's a sign. I don't know. Um, <laughs> You guys just stay at home. You don't need to be <laughs> brewing beer publicly. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I think it's one of those things that we, we're, we're small. We're a small brew club. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I'd like to be known in the Buffalo beer community for making good beer. I'd like to be part of it in, in ways that we're not right now. Mm -hmm. um, We've reached out to some brewers that might start stopping over here for some um, feedback nights and things like that, where they can taste our beers and you know, kind of kind of go from there. So, uh, and and giving back too. You know, I'd love to give back to to be able to donate beer or to use our beer to help organizations and things like that within our community to to prosper and gain money to help other people. Have you guys been in touch with like Hamburg Brewing or? The, the uh, we really, have like we have brewed, guys. We brewed at Jeans, uh, okay. McCarthy's, uh, and then recently I've been in touch with one of the brewers from Thin Man, uh, who is going to come out here. So it's kind of like we're at that beginning phase, you know, um, just yeah. getting that started. And too. from Beerology, we met with um, Five and Twenty and Rusty Nickel. Those guys saw Eden, great. and they're Super from guys, from Eden yeah. originally. Oh, or, okay. or they live in Eden, so it was. 
hey, let's do a collab for the Eden Corn Fest one of these years, right? So we're nice. like, we're all for it. Like, just let us know when you guys want to, and, and we'll be there. Yeah. So the, um, the the brewing community is just people are amazing. They're yeah. just so friendly. They're so nice. They're so willing to offer knowledge and uh, learn about you, even if you're a home brewer. You know, it, it's super cool. It's it's just a great place to be. Even if you guys had two kegs of your New England at the poorhouse, I mean, right. that would just locals can go in, drink it, and then you yeah. get your name out there, and they're like, all right, like that's that's the spot because most people from eating go to the poorhouse, right? You know, so it's we'll give it away. We have no problem because we'd have to give it away. Yeah, right now without being for now. Yeah, for now. That's yeah, for now. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. You know. Yeah, but I'm happy to try it. Give me your feedback. I want to know. That's exciting. And that that was what was cool about beerology is just people's honest feedback. I mean, granted, you're giving them free beer, which everyone is. Mm -hmm. They paid for a ticket, but I mean, our booth was very well attended, and we we, we sold out of ours. We got great feedback from everyone that was that was there. But you give it to family and friends, and you expect them to say, "Oh, I like your beer. This is good, right?" Hey, you know, whether or not they like, but strangers give me honest feedback. You know, that's that's when we know that it's it's a good beer and outside of us just saying I mean we'll be objective for ours, don't get me wrong. Well, we've dumped beers before and oh, yeah. scored ours personally scored dumped ours the beer before. The other day. But, um, for the most part, I mean I think we've got it got it nailed down and just looking for that feedback from, from the public. Do you guys have a large brand that you associate yourself closely with? Like we try to model ourselves after this company or do you just try to be creative on your own? I think it's just on our own. Okay, cool. You know, I think it's Again, kind of growing and bringing new people in, and it's again we're unique. We're not we're not that big brew club, um, and it's it's I think that fosters our creativity because we don't have to kind of go off of fifty or hundred people's opinions. Mm. We can meet small and we can talk about things. Uh, we always every year we do a we we collect dues as a club. So every year we take those dues and put them towards a uh, like a home or a, a brewery tour. A brewery tour. Say home tour. So we always try to you know give back that mm -hmm. way. There's so many great brewers in this uh, area, and they're making better and better beers every day. Mm -hmm. And we'll so, wear our gear when we go out there. So like we'll, you know we'll start strike up a conversation mm -hmm. with either the bartender or maybe even the brewer if, if that's the case. And it's just our way to get our name out there and then to support the, the local beer. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you guys have brewery standard equipment with a neighborhood Eden down to earth feel, yeah. and it's sensational because it's the best of both worlds. You're getting good quality products, but you're not putting your nose up to other people. It's like, dude, come over, have a beer, let me know what sure. you think of it, and then have some have some charcuterie board and then leave. <laughs> that's right. That's and that's, right. it's honestly the way to do it, especially in our neck of the woods, because that's, that's how most people are. You know, it's not, we're not sticking our nose up and no. talking about how great the mash bill is or something crazy. It's just like, yeah, man, this is a good beer. Let's get hammered off of it, have a fire in the back and then maybe cut down a tree because we have the land. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the way over. it should be. Come on over. That's it. And that's it. It's like, it's beer's beer's been around for thousands of years, you know, sure. uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, and I'm I'm certainly not advocating we, you know, get smashed together. And but at the same time, like we we can sit down and have a couple of beers and 
it's a great time. Oh yeah, and we have neighbors that come over all the time, and there's a couple guys that, that play guitar, so it turns into it turns into a, a brewery in here. Like it's it's, yeah, it's a, a little jet music music night, yeah. karaoke, whatever whatever it is, and yeah. have some beer, some friends, and it's just a good time. So yeah. really talented, really talented neighbors that can play. You know, so we just hang and if we can sing, we sing. If we can listen, we listen. You know, it's a great time. I mean, through this through this discussion, it's just even more. It just proves that you guys do this because you love to do it. I mean, you have been talking about how many medals you've won and how many people are disappointed that they can't buy your stuff. And you're like, we'll just sell it when we get to it. I mean, it's not a rush, which just makes us love it even more because you just care about the product that you put out. You're doing it for a hobby. And this is just one of those things that you guys are going to keep doing it because you love the community aspect of that, which I think speaks more volumes than how much you sell Mm -hmm. because that's not what we care about here. It's about bringing people together to enjoy a uh, nice beer and just chill out and have conversations, which is what we've done tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. This is like, we wouldn't be here had we not started this hobby, you know? And same. Yeah. It's it's twofold. It's absolutely twofold, you know? And it's a wonderful thing. Like I could do this for the next twenty years. <laughs> right. Maybe without the sun behind us, but you guys yeah. going after next? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be back. How long will your cameras run for? <laughs> <laughs> They're plugged in, so however long we want. That's true. <clears throat> but honestly, thank you guys so much for letting us come out here and try your beers. Thank you. Uh, this is this has been a great time and we look forward to seeing where you guys go in the future because you you can only go up from here. Yeah. So yeah, we will. Well, thanks for, yeah, thanks for coming yeah, out. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thanks, there's, guys. There's going to be some future collabs. So, oh, yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Great. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I love it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.